0: Welcome to the Ed Milet Show. This podcast is for those who want to do more, see more, and be more.
1: Welcome back to Max Out, everybody. I'm Ed Milet, and today's a very special program and one that I've worked very hard to put together for you because I wanted to introduce you to this incredibly inspirational person to my right. You know, I've often had people on the program, as you know, that have incredibly inspiring words. Um... But every so often, I introduce you to somebody who's just an inspiring being, an inspiring person. And the man to my right absolutely fits that description. And so, with no further ado, let me introduce my good friend, Eric LeGrand. Eric, thank you for being here.
0: Hey, thank you for having me on It's truly, truly a blessing.
1: Welcome to California.
0: Yeah, California, I, hey man, it's <laughs> I, like I like, man. I like it.
1: Welcome to the beach. So, So, everybody that's watching on YouTube, you immediately can see that Eric is in a wheelchair. If you're listening to this on audio, we're going to describe this incredible story to you. But it's one of the most remarkable stories that I've been following for the better part of you know going on, going on nine years. Yeah. From the minute the, your injury took place to today, I've tracked your progress. And I think you're, by the way, one of the greatest speakers in the world too, which people are gonna hear about soon. But why don't we get right into it? Because I think most people may have seen you before, but may not know the story. So take us back to where your life changed, which was October 16th, 2010. Your life was altered forever on that day, correct? So tell everybody what happened that day.
0: Well, we were in the fourth quarter at Medlife Stadium playing the Army Black Knights. And I remember it we had just tied the game up 17-17. So I was on the kickoff team in my head. Might let me run down the field, make a big play, get our defense out of here, get a quick three and out, and get the ball back to our offense so we can have a two-minute job to score. That's my mode going down on the field, and that game I was facing a double-team, so as soon as the ball's kicked off, two guys came to block me. But on that particular kickoff, I was able to split right through them and I had a good 30, 40-yard head start on this guy now. I, I knew I was gonna make a tackle on. And as I'm running down the field, I'm saying, do I want to use my head, or do I want to use my shoulder? And everybody knows when you play football, if you're gonna use your head, you gotta see what you hit. Mm -hmm. I said, this is gonna be a big collision. Let me use my shoulder, keep my head out to play. Mm -hmm. In the video, you'll see my teammate actually got there about a half a second before I did, and he tripped the guy up. Mm -hmm. When a guy got tripped up, his body twirled in the air. And as I put my head down, thinking it wasn't gonna be in the tackle at all, it would be just my shoulder. The angle changed, and the crown of my head went right into the back of his shoulder blade. Mm-hmm. And next to you, know, I was laying on the ground, paralyzed, and mm-hmm. my life changed right there. I had no yep. idea what happened to me.
1: So a picture of this, everybody. You're playing for Rutgers, one of the mm-hmm. top football programs in the country at mm-hmm. the time, and you're a big man. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a, a collision at high mm-hmm. speed. Everyone picture this. What were you, about 6'2", 270 at the time? Yeah,
0: it was about 270, 275, running yeah. down. Yep, yeah. and they said it was like Usain Bolt. There's people did some of the scientifics on it. Usain Bolt running full speed into a brick wall. That was a collision.
1: My goodness. So you're hurt, you're on the ground. Do you know immediately something's wrong?
0: I knew right away that something went wrong because I couldn't move. But then I, the most, I guess, frightening part about it was I couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. So immediately I paralyzed my diaphragm, but I thought I had knocked the wind out of myself maybe. And I thought I had a full-body stinger because I had a stinger on my shoulder before mm-hmm. where it went completely numb and I wasn't able to move it. Mm-hmm. I said, I just did that to my body. But I remember the, the trainers come running out, they're like, is it your head or is it your neck? And I was just like, I can't breathe. And then Coachano comes out and he looks down at me and goes, E, you have to pray right now And when he says that to me, I'm thinking this is it, my life is over because I can't move, I can't breathe. And now my coach is telling me I have to pray. Oh my gosh. I'm thinking, of course I'm praying for a gasp of air or anything, but in my back of my head I'm like, My life is over. I'm not gonna lie to you, Ed. at one point I did close my eyes and I said, God take me at ease. Did you really? And I didn't. I closed my eyes on that ground and I said, God take me in Nothing happened, so I instantly <laughs> opened my eyes back up and started panting again, because I was nervous. But at this time, they're putting a board on me now to get me onto the cart. And when they lifted me up, somehow I caught a gasp of air for a second. Hmm. So then I said to myself, okay, I did not do it out of myself. Everything will be okay. Wow,
1: So while you're laying there in front of thousands and thousands of people, you literally closed your eyes and said, Lord, take me.
0: I did, I, I remember I said, this is it. I, 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 I can't move, I can't breathe. Just, this is going to be the end of my journey.
1: Were you in, so you couldn't breathe. And by the way, when this happened, this was national news everywhere, mm-hmm. right, at the time. But if we could go back just for a second, because I, I, I think one of the things you do, Eric, is so magnificent, because you have such an infectious spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so does your mom, by the way, who we'll talk about later. Mom does too. <laughs> mom does too. But you, you, um, you have this thing about you that's so calm. And so I want to know, were you this way before this injury? Were you always sort of predisposed to be this sort of, I don't know if I'd call you serene or chill, but uh, is that true of I you? I
0: always, I always loved to uh, be a people person. Mm-hmm. Loved to make people smile, loved to make them laugh. Didn't matter who you are. And that, I was always that guy where, you know, you see him, he's going to put a smile on your face. It didn't matter. What, raised boy, girlfriend, it didn't matter. I was always that guy that wanted to make you smile. and People loved to be around me. I'm not going to lie. no. And mm. I took to that because I liked to be around people, class clown at times, yeah, the jokester. But when it was time to, you know, clicking on and be a serious guy, I knew when it was time to work, it was time to work, and when it was time to play, yeah, have fun.
1: And you knew in that moment, laying there, this is not a normal time. Were you in physical pain other than the not breathing?
0: Did I get that question a like, lot. Did I feel anything? And at the time, I didn't feel anything at all. But I had fractured my neck so much, you know, that I went right into my spinal cord and it did the damage, and I couldn't feel a thing.
1: So it's going through your mind first is Lord take me, then it's like, well, I'm here, I can breathe, I might as well stay, mm-hmm. right? Coach tells you to pray. How long between when the injury took place, do you know, mm-hmm. until you were off the football field? Seven minutes. Seven minutes? Seven
0: minutes, that's, I give so much credit to my trainers and, and to that whole staff. I think that's why I'm doing so well now. Hmm. They got me on and off that field, into the ambulance, and out of that stadium in seven minutes. Hmm. And I think if I would've been out there longer and stuff, there would've been so many more internal, you know, just damage done.
1: So what happens then? You, you go off the field, you get into an ambulance. What takes place now?
0: I remember I tried to give the thumbs up first and then just felt like there was a thousand in center block lane on my hand. Couldn't move it.
1: So you're trying to come off and I just let everyone know you're okay. Couldn't do it. Mm-hmm.
0: Get into the back of the ambulance and they put an oxygen mask on me. And I'm not gonna lie, I was ignorant to the fact of how an oxygen mask works. I'm thinking, they put this on, I'm gonna be able to go. <sighs> mm-hmm. I took that deep breath in and I was not able to go. And I'm not going to lie, I freaked myself out so much that I passed out. You did. I passed out the whole ride to the ambulance. I only remember waking up when I got there. Mm -hmm. I opened my eyes and I see a bunch of lights in the hallway as I'm getting carted down the hallway. I blacked out. Mm -hmm. I woke up again and now I'm in a room full with a bunch of doctors and nurses. It sounded like they were speaking a different language to me. Mm -hmm. You know, what was going on. I blacked out. I woke up one more time and I was in the room by myself with all the monitors and sounds going beep, beep. And that's all I remember f- until Wednesday. This injury happened on Saturday. That's all I remember.
1: Okay. Yeah. You uh, were you a praying person then? Just curious. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I, I always yes. had good faith. I always believed in God, and mm-hmm. I definitely I'm a lot closer now. Are oh, you? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. But I always believed, and I always prayed, and you mm. know, and it just was going along my journey as a regular 20 year old, mm. you know, Division one athlete, and.
1: I must tell you, as you're telling me this story, my heart's racing. Like it's scary for me to hear, and I wasn't there. I appreciate you being so honest about that because I think, you know, there's a fascination. People think, what happens in these moments in someone's life where they know life is never going to be the same again? And I appreciate you, you know, being willing to share that so much. Um, You end up waking up then. Mm-hmm. on that Wednesday yes and someone has to mm-hmm. probably at that point I assume deliver news to you or what takes place then Well, I
0: kind of know I knew that I was injured I didn't know the extent of my injury mm-hmm. and I remember my mom coming up to me and saying Eric let me know when you want to talk but at the time I was I'm not gonna lie I was getting just bombarded with posters and postcards and people visiting me that mm-hmm. I kind of wasn't focusing on injury I was focusing on talking to people and yeah, I haven't seen like people I haven't seen since middle school and high school were coming up to visit me. And mm. the guy, it was national news, so you know, like the Giants came over, Tom Coughlin came over to see me, mm. sent over all the rookies that year, Jason Pierre-Paul and those guys. Wow. Came to visit me, and then Andy Reid was with the Eagles. Yeah. He came over, so on the back of my head, mm. I'm like, this is perfect. They're gonna know who I am when I get back on that field. About really? to be a first round pick, and is <laughs> before I knew, of course, what was going on, but wow. I was amped. And I was fired up to see a bunch of people that it took my mind away from everything that was going on. Interesting.
1: That is interesting. So, when do you talk? Is it mom who tells you this is the situation, or was it a doctor?
0: I would say no, it was my mom. It was about a week into it, and
1: a week into it. it. A
0: week into it, and because I said it. This was it was non-stop every day.
1: People it was the biggest story in the country at the time mm-hmm. I mean not just sports news but national news at the time it was the dominant story on all media yeah. all networks.
0: And I was getting mess people from China and Australia were sending me mm-hmm. postcards and stuff so every day we were just going through that and I was I was sleeping a lot during the day because I wasn't sleeping at night. I was very terrified at night just the terror the night and not being able to you know control what was going on and having to trust other people mm-hmm. but um when I finally realized what had happened to me you know, I said, you know what can't focus on football right now, I wanna focus on getting my life now. Like, hmm. I definitely have to graduate, because uh, I'm not gonna be playing football anymore. Wow. And I started thinking about my life. What am I going to do? Because my whole life has been football. Hmm. And I just, I'm like, I wanna be back on my feet. What do I gotta do in rehab? And what am I gonna do afterwards so I can support myself?
1: Well, you're already processing that right, information. That right right
0: away, when I, when I realized I wasn't gonna be able to play football right now, I'm like, what's next like this is all i know Hmm. so it just came to my head, like of course immediately was rehab getting back you know on my feet and i was like that's gonna come like i've been grinding my whole life i know what the weight room's like i'm thinking you know you just go in there and you work and you'll be back on your feet Hmm. Hmm. you know i didn't know the extent of you know, all the nerve stuff like I know now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a scientist now, but <laughs> I was just thinking, all right, I go to the gym and I grind for whatever amount of time, I'll be up on my feet.
1: See, this is interesting to me. This speaks a lot to you because I've known you from a distance, but now I'm knowing you. Everyone should just hear this. First off, just give you some perspective on whatever you think you had a bad day. Yeah. I just had, We were just talking about off camera about Israel Del Toro, who's yes. been on my show, and who was burned 80% of his body. And on that show, I said, so you think you've had a bad day? Really compared to what? Mm-hmm. You think you're having a bad time right now? Really compared to what? But what's so impressive to me, because I know you, you're super humble. Mm-hmm. There's no false front here. The fact that you went into, I'm scared, but you immediately went into solution. You may went went the grind. And that's a lesson for everybody. Like when you're going through some of the worst things in the world, what people have a tendency to do is focus on the problem and not the solution. Yes. And there's so much power. I've said this in some of my videos about, it's easy for me to say, you did it. But to start pouring your focus and energy into the solution, not the problem itself. The other thing I want to say to you, just back at you, that I didn't think of until you just said it, was that not only was this a catastrophic life change, but your whole plan was now gone. You're not gonna play in the NFL. I would not really processed that a dream went away that day. And a lot of people can relate to that. Their first dream's gone away. First dream relationship, dream business, dream career. It's gone. You mo- immediately moved into the transition phase of that.
0: Now, I give that a lot of credit to Coach Giano and our staff at Rutgers because we were tra- I was telling you off camera, I yeah. felt like we were going through the military, but it was always about the solution. prayer mm-hmm. here's the problem, what do we, how do you handle it? And what are you going to do forward afterwards? And we had a lot of life lessons that Coach Yandell used to tell us. What if you get fired from your job? You got to move on. And you got to support your family. Mm. You don't sit there and focus on the problem. You look toward the solution. So my my head, my mental was trained. Yeah, I was trained right away. Like I said, all right, I'm not playing football no more. What's next? How do I have to handle this? How do I get it done? I. I've, I've been trained to think
1: that. That's incredible. Could you tell him a little bit, Coach Mm Sciano, those of you that may not know, uh, it's Greg Mm Sciano, right? Coach has been at Rutgers. He's been in the NFL. And he's sort of, I think, probably known as sort of a pretty serious, intense dude. But you and your mom were both sharing that not only did he help sort of groom you almost to be prepared for something like this, although you can never be completely prepared, as you've just said, but he was really he was there for you in ways most people wouldn't know post the injury. Would you be willing just to share with people a little bit about that? I
0: would love to because Coach Chiano, he's not for everybody. Mm. He's not going, he's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. Mm. But the people that he can work with, that can get in his head, mm. he turns into monsters. Like, <laughs> I'm talking about good monsters mentally, yeah. physically, and Whatever you need to handle, yeah. you're gonna go do it at 100%. And you're gonna crush it, mm. and that's why, like I said, not everyone's built for that. Mm-hmm. Not everyone in this world, and that's why he gets a batter. Oh, he's too hard here, mm. or he pushed me this way. He said this to me. Mm. Me, I, I was his, I was his perfect type of student. Mm. I can handle it. When you tell me I'm doing something wrong, I take that responsibility that I'm letting somebody down. I can't do that. Wow. I gotta I gotta you know go forward. I gotta handle my business, mm. so I'm not letting you know other people down, and that's what. He, he did with his aunt is just, you know, training us in the it's 120 degrees on the turf. Just had a two and a half hour practice run twenty two gases afterwards. Now he's got us put our face in the turf and breathing in and all of that. Like mm. stuff like that. Like what are you like what am I doing right now? What am I doing with my life? Mm. It's all fundamental, just preparing you for life. And mm. when tough situations happen, what are you going to do fold? Mm. Or do you look to the solution and handle it and great lesson. That's what he did. And and when he recruited me. He said that he treats all his kids like his sons. Mm. And there was nothing more that didn't, show like, that didn't show that as when I got hurt. Mm. How so? Oh, man, he was he was on the phone hours right after the game, making sure I was in the best hospital, making sure I was in taking care of the best way. I come up to the hospital at night, 11 o'clock at night, to let my mom go to the hotel sleep, mm. stay with me for till 2, 3 in the morning, wow. and then be back at the health center where it was a practice center you know, for us at. 7 a.m. Things of that nature. And then when I got transferred to Kessler, he made sure I had everything. He had the satellite dish installed on top of my room. Whoa. My flat screen TV in there. They even built me a fat ass. Whatever I needed, I had it. And it was because of Coach Giano, Tim Brennan, who was our athletic director. And everybody at Rutgers, it was incredible. What a
1: great lesson on leaders, man. You're like this treasure chest of info, nah. like both you and the people you've observed. But like, I love what you said, Like, great leaders aren't concerned about being for everybody. Exactly. And when you're trying to please everybody, you end up leading nobody. Mm. And then he was there for you when it mattered though. Like to me, the picture of the coach, you know, who's still running that program, coming and relieving your mom at 11 o'clock at night and staying there with you. You know, there weren't cameras there and nobody knew that was taking place. And so what an incredible lesson from him. I wanna ask you first, and then we're gonna go backwards because you've told me your life before this prepared you, but if there was one thing during that time that you learned or that you took a lesson away from, either about yourself or life, what would you say that it was?
0: It actually, it was patience. Mm. i everyone's still, instant gratification me. Mm. I always want everything now. I wanna, you know, if I want something, I can always work for a goal, mm. but I wanna start it now. Wanna do it now, I wanna do this, wanna do that now. Mm. I've learned with this injury, you have to have patience. Sometimes everything's not going to go the way that you want it. And sometimes there are things that you keep that are out of your control. Mm. And when sometimes when it's out of your control, it can build you up and frustrate you. So much because I told you the way I was. was If something was put in front of me, I handled it. Yeah. You go in the weight room, you handle it. You go on the practice field, you do the little things to get better. Mm. With this injury, sometimes it's just not like that. You can't just go to mm. ride a bike and you know, start getting better. You can't walk on the treadmill all the time mm. and just get better. So I've learned to be able to be patient when things don't go your way. Mm. And not get so frustrated be able to be in that moment and be okay, it's not gonna work today. But mm. don't get, you know, don't get just, you know, just disturbed from the, the goal at hand. You gotta stay focused on that task at hand and mm. still handle it come back the next day.
1: What a great lesson. I wanna ask you something about that though because I think sometimes when people hear patience because they, the right people know that means stay in the grind until you win. Exactly. The wrong people think, Oh, I'm being patient. I don't have to be after it right now. Right? Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's almost an excuse not to grind. Mm. So you were simultaneously patient, but you went right after Mm -hmm. your PT, right? Right after therapy to get better. Mm. And tell them a little bit, because I one of the things I comment on to you was you're mobile. You know, for you broke C three and four, correct? Yes. So very severe injury. But You've got a lot of mobility now in your shoulders and in your neck, and you move very well—better than I even assumed. You attributed that to the immediate grind you went into on rehab, correct? Yes, I do. And they had you up moving. Talk about that a little bit.
0: Yeah, when I first got hurt, I was pretty much stiff to a board. The doctor pretty much said I was almost going to be a vegetable. You know, okay. I, I said that to say it in that terms, but mm-hmm. that's what they're pretty much saying. I was really able to turn my head to the left and to the right, and mm-hmm. I was on a ventilator, couldn't breathe on my own. Wow. I had a feeding tube in my stomach, couldn't eat solid the foods. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my told me I'd never walk again. Like, life was flipped and turned upside down, but immediately I went to how do I, alright, uh, this is going on now, mm-hmm. how do I get this feeding tube out of me? Mm-hmm. How do I breathe on my own? How do I, you know, just start doing the other things that I needed to do? Mm-hmm. How do I walk again? And when they're like, alright, we're gonna go do this, this, and that, I'm like, alright, mm-hmm. let's get started with it, and it was just, it's just that grind that I've learned, like I said, being patient because not everything's gonna happen, you know, right away. Did you want to quit? I, I that's I never wanted to quit. Hmm. It's been all like that, that work and I've had little victories as I've been able to come off the ventilator five weeks after my injury. Five weeks after, wow. I was able to eat a full Thanksgiving meal with my family that, that Thanksgiving after a month and a half of being injured and told me I'll be on a feeding tube for the rest of my life. Wow. And then I remember it was Super Bowl party of 2011 I had it up at Kessler, and we had a bunch of family and friends over. And at that time, I wasn't able to move my shoulders yet, but at that part, I went, like, a little bit like that. And mm-hmm. they were like, Eric, did you just move your shoulder? I'm like, I think so. Too. Now you see, I'm yes. moving around. And that's all just from going to physical therapy, controlling what I can control. And, and I always say because I always had that athlete mindset, so I go in there. It's like attacking a workout. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I do feel bad for the... 55 year old woman who never worked out in her life who has a spinal cord injury mm-hmm. and now has to go to the gym five days a week and she's never experienced that. Mm-hmm. I said, I had an advantage. Mm. I've been doing this my whole life. Mm. I've been grinding my whole life. I know those dog days, what it's like, and days that you don't want to get up and do it, mm. but you got to push yourself to do it. So I kind of went into that mindset of, all right, now it's not working to get on the field and get to the NFL to now working to get back on my feet and get my life back.
1: This is unreal, like you're so mentally tough, but the way I, you-
0: I, I mental, That's why I said, my mental toughness. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like I can handle anything. It's weird to say that, it's like a humble brag, but yeah. mentally, I feel like you know whatever life throws at me, I'm ready to handle.
1: Yeah, you've kind of proven that, brother. Mm-hmm. So like, where's that come from? Is there some stuff earlier in your life that prepped you for something like this, do you think?
0: I would say, yeah, as a young kid, I always tell my a story, I, how I've learned different core values commitment was the first one I remember being 10 years old playing in the park with my friends and I remember I was I was the best one on the football team we had practice one day my mom comes from work and comes to the park Eric, come on we gotta go you gotta go to practice blah 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 I remember yelling to her, no I ain't going to practice today staying here with my friends in the park you met my mom yes comes to the park grabs me by my arm mm-hmm. drags me out throws me in the back seat on the way home the whole time. Blah, 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 are you kidding me? Who do you think you are? Mm. Commit to something and you see it out, I don't care. How good you are, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And from 10 years old, now I'm 28. I still remember that. Mm. So now when I got to high school, I got offered a scholarship as a freshman for Markers to play. And what? Yeah, I got offered, after playing three games as a freshman, they were looking at somebody else's film in my town and they saw me, they're like, who's that? And they're like, yeah, he's a freshman. And They came right over and they wrote on this paper to my coach. At this date, on as a when, when he's a junior, he we offered a scholarship. That's amazing. So, I remember that sophomore year, the seniors always have to pick someone to go turn on the water before and after practice. We have to climb down into a sewer. i am say this sewer was disgusting. <laughs> Guess who they picked? I may be the best one on the team. Mm. Who's in the sewer turning on the water before practice mm. and after practice is over? Dead tired. I'm climbing that sewer, mm. turn and turn, waiting for everyone to get their drink and turn on. So I learned humility at a very early age. Mm-hmm. And then once I got to to Rutgers, one of the biggest things was I got my position changed so much my freshman year. I came in and was recruited as a linebacker. First day of training camp, I get moved to nose guard. Mm-hmm. Two weeks into the season, our t- second string defensive end goes down. I get moved to defensive end. Our fullbacks weren't performing the way they wanted to midway through the season. I got moved to fullback. Whoa! From there, I played two weeks at fullback, moved back to defensive end, and then at the end, I finished the year out there and then back to nose guard. It was just a whirlwind. I questioned, do I love the game of football? Mm. What am I doing with my life? And is this what's, what my journey is supposed to be about? And once I've kind of figured that out, like, you know, everything is gonna fall into the right place.
1: Mm.
0: These are the things that in my life that I learned before my injury that kind of set me up to them when I was going through this. And what I learned when I was playing there at Rutgers, mm. I can handle it. Yeah. Mentally, I can handle it.
1: Yeah, you, uh, you personify commitment and humility both because you're confident but you have a humble way about you. Mm-hmm. Speaking of mom, because I don't think people achieve what you've achieved without having people help them in life, right? And obviously, Coach Shiano was there, but your mother's a remarkable woman. Yes. Both personally, when you meet her, she's got this infectious spirit. I've told her, you're a great motivational speaker. I'm pretty sure your mom is better than both you and I. Um, but her dedication to you, right, has been, it's a, its actually a beautiful story. and we would make a mistake in this interview if we didn't point out to everybody who's trying to make their dream happen or come back from the setback that it's okay to get help. It's uh, okay yeah. to have people around you. I'm sure, you know, you talked about the great people at Rutgers and Coach, but what about mom? How, how important has mom been for you?
0: From the beginning, raising my sister and I, was 11 and a half years older than me, as a single parent, you know, my dad was around, my dad, lived in town next to me. He came to all my games, things that like brought me lunch, you know, mm-hmm. I never needed anything. Mm-hmm. But my mom raised me my mom turned me into who I am and mm. just taught me respect all people mm. just like I said commitment mm. being humble like if you're good okay let them talk about you you don't talk about yourself mm. and I truly believe that if you're that good something you don't gotta brag about yourself mm. other people will do that for you mm. and just always on top of me making sure I'm not in trouble making sure I'm doing my homework just going to the guidance counselor making sure I'm doing this to get in the rockers, my SATs, mm-hmm. getting a tutor when she didn't have the money to get us a tutor. Wanted me and my sister to experience a vacation, so she would skip paying bills so my sister and I can experience a vacation. Wow. When I was younger, stuff like that, mm-hmm. makes me realize, I, like I remember coming home when I was eight, seven, eight years old and the lights being off, but not realizing why they were off until I got older. Mm-hmm. I remember when that hot water wasn't working and taking showers, mm. with the, uh, when you had to boil the water and stuff like that. Mm. I remember those days down as I get older, her sacrificing mm. what she could, me getting every new system there was, Xbox, Dreamcast, PlayStation, her not paying some bills so she, I can have a Christmas. Wow. You know, as a, as a kid you don't realize it because you just see it there. Mm. But as you get older, you realize that commitment. Then just the commitment that she has to me now to making sure I have the best care, mm. I'm doing well, and I'm trying to support us. And my goal in life is to get better and bring it back on my feet, so she can live a life that she does, that she wants to, live. and not have to support her son all the time. I love Let that. Let me support her.
1: Yeah, and one of the ways that you're doing that is through your speaking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I got I got to tell you, there's, I'm a speaker. Mm. It's one of the things I do, and I feel like the most effective people, it's their being that moves you, not just their words. And if you have a company or you have an organization and you want people's perspective to instantly change and you want to see someone who's come back from really difficult times, I picture this man, this huge man, full speed running down the field. When that ball was kicked, little did you think several seconds from now, your life was about to change. And I picture this man laying there and coach saying you better pray and you actually then praying to actually be taken And then to be sitting with you now this many years later um, speaks to your strength and obviously your commitment and your humility as well, but your incredible work ethic, your incredible patience, this whole story of you, all of it fits other areas and having strong people. Your mother is a strong woman, but she has this huge spirit too about her. That's cool. So if you want someone to speak, by the way, before we move off of this, you can go to uh, Eric's on letsengage.com. We'll put that on the screen right now. And also to your Instagram, right? Is that where you'd want them yes, to go?
0: you can go to my Instagram, ericlegrand52. I also have my own website, okay. ericlegrand52.com. And I feel like I was put here to do bigger things than a game of football. And well, that's through speaking, showing them my stories and, and sharing my stories with people to help them overcome adversity, and they see me. I was, I'm just a, kid, a regular kid from the suburbs, small town, Avenue, New Jersey, but was guided in the right direction to help other people. Mm-hmm. And I, if I could show them that through my speaking and my stories, this is what I'm here for. Just, if I would have been in the NFL, if you followed the NFL, you probably would have known me. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like I have a bigger cause. I could be internationally known, just to help people get through their lives in adversity. And they, like I said, look at what he's been through and look what he's what he's doing. Why can't I do that? Yeah. Why can't I do what I want to do if all odds are against this guy mm-hmm. he finds a way to do it? As you know, as I, I travel with my friends, I go out in Miami. I go out in Vegas. I do everything, you know, somebody from the age of 20 to 30 would do.
1: You know? Oh, I, yeah, you do. Yeah. Exactly. Your mom's telling me that, so.
0: So people are like, Look, wow, he's living his life. He's yep. still doing that. In the circumstances that he's in, wow, why can't I get him? Why can't I start that business? Mm-hmm. Why can't I leave that nine to five job and try to do something that I want to do? Why can't I get my family life back together? You know, why? Just look at what I'm going through and handle it each and every day and you realize life ain't that bad. I've met some people now along the way that have inspired me because they didn't have that same support system that I have. Mm-hmm. They don't have the opportunities to come here with you and mm-hmm. share their story. And I don't ever take any of this for granted because I know that. I have a friend, Ingrid, who broke her neck in a car accident who's, unfortunately, she has a do not unfortunately she has a daughter, but unfortunately she's, still living in the projects of Jersey City, mm-hmm. and with seven people in a one-bedroom house. Oh the elevator breaks for three months of the year, she says all the time. Can't even get out of the house. Meanwhile, I'm at home, I got a brand new house that was built for me. I got a pimped out black minivan. Like, <laughs> How bad do I really have? I got a great mom, a great family that brings me here, does this with me. Meanwhile, she can't even get out of her own house for some fresh air. Mm-hmm. I had a friend, Jermaine, who um, died from cancer. He had a little cancerous tumor in his lower spinal cord, and, and it spread to his brain. And unfortunately, he passed away. But he didn't have the support there. I was wearing the same clothes four days in a row. Mm-hmm. My grandma was cooking home-cooked meals and stuff. Mm-hmm. I met his mom once and his dad twice, maybe during his stay at Kessler. We were there for five months together. And like I said, he passed away two weeks right after I got out of Kessler. Mm-hmm. And it made me realize, like, well, wow, you know, this is this life. We got to be appreciative for what we do have. And, don't focus on the things that we don't have and if it's something that you really want yeah work your butt off to get it ain't no other ways around it Mm. and it led me to wanting to help other people because so many people always reach out to me to like eric how can we help you and that's what led me to starting a foundation
1: oh okay you you're blowing my mind right now Mm -hmm. so what you just did was because everybody should be hearing this this man has turned his life around from a very difficult time, but the fact that you still feel so blessed and that you load yourself up with gratitude, it's all perspective in life. It's not the events of our life, it's the meaning we take away from them. And it's not, it's easy for me to say, but you're doing it, you did it, right? And so um, before we move off of that, like I just want to acknowledge the power of what you just said because it's very easy to say when you read it in a book and all this is, hey, load yourself with gratitude, feel blessed. It's completely different that when you're heading to the nfl you end up with the spinal cord injury there's some things in your life that will never be the same again and yet you're able to find more than people who are who can walk around every single day things to be grateful for things to be blessed for and i just think you're remarkable for doing it but i actually i believe you're right about it too like i i agree with you talk about the foundation real quick because you've got some events coming up too and stuff and you know if you want I feel like, before I ask you that, let me ask you a question. It just occurred to me. In some way, this difference you're making in the world for the people like you've just described, but also for the people listening to this that are able-bodied and they're just going through a rut or can't turn things around or feel like there's too much adversity or they're stuck, in some way, do you think that's why this happened?
0: Yeah. I I truly believe in life for myself that everything does happen for a reason.
1: Mm. And like
0: I said, I was put here to do other things than playing a game of football. Like I said, be that that mentor, that coach, that inspiration, whatever it is the, the way that somebody wants to put it or whatever title they want to put on it mm-hmm. for other per- for another person to see. Yep. Okay, he's in and I feel like if in life, if I can get out there and be out there and touch other people and see that, if people start looking at things that way with a sense of being grateful being, and have that gratitude for the moments in their life, it's just a lot better place. Instead of just you know looking on the things that we complain about, it's like natural for us humans to look at the bad and start complaining. Oh, I gotta do this, I gotta go to here. This happened to me here. What am I gonna do? Blah, blah blah. If we could look at it and realize actually fortunate we are to have these things, or being able to meet this person or go here, mm-hmm. it'd be a lot better place. And that's why I kind of just look at life and I smile at Because when people are like that didn't get you mad, that person said that or you did that, and that didn't get you mad. Like that kind of frustrates you. you know what I'm Whatever, if he's going through that or said this or that, and she said that, Mm. they're a lot worse off than I am. So that's kind of how I look at it. And if I can help somebody that believes in me and like what I'm saying, Mm. I think that's what it's about. I think it will put us in a better place.
1: Yeah, you're doing it right now. You're helping millions of people change the way they think, give them a different perspective, the lessons of turning things around, the lessons of overcoming adversity, the lessons of mental toughness, the lessons of gratitude. Millions of people right now are hearing this. And I'm grateful. It's like, like I, you've inspired me. Like when exactly. he, so everybody knows he had emailed me because he had we had known each other, and I immediately when I got it I called you said I know who you are. You've inspired me. You're coming to do my show. End of story. We don't even need to talk. We talked for like a minute. I'm like it's done. You're coming. We're gonna do this. Like I, I knew immediately because you've inspired me. And I'm talking about all the way back to when the injury happened. And but what happens is usually these things are news and then the world sort of moves on.
0: Exactly.
1: And so I haven't moved on from you. I don't move on from inspiring people. There's power that when you first have, but I think there's even more power nearly a decade later to see the things that you're doing. Just talk really quickly so they know about the foundation. How do they get, how do they find out about your foundation? So
0: I partnered up with the Chris Friend Dana Reeve Foundation and it's all about today's care, tomorrow's cure, and we're gonna find a cure for paralysis. Mm. One day we're raising funds for that. And I was able to form Team Legrand and we've been able to raise over a million dollars. We started started in the fall of 2013. That was when we birthed it and now are we here we are and we crossed over that mark in two thousand seventeen, going into two thousand eighteen of a million dollars and now we gotta to get to two million dollars because I feel like when Christopher Reeve passed away from the infection, the thing the kind of spinal cord injuries went in the shadow. When I got hurt, I feel like I was past that torch. It's mm-hmm. your time now. Uh, He's goal was to have a world with empty wheelchairs. I'm trying to use my platform as much as possible to raise that awareness <sighs> of people for that. And we're doing a great job, but then with technology now, 2019, mm. I truly believe in my lifetime. You know, if I'm blessed to live many years, we will find a cure for the paralysis, and and it's also about raising money. And that's why I have my five. Well, this year will be our ninth year of doing my 5K walk and run, and that we, each year we raise over a hundred wow. thousand dollars per event. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a it's a big party at Rutgers football. Stadium. We come out, everyone, have a barbecue, a DJ. Some of the just sponsors are amazing for that. But just over a thousand people come out and they walk, they run, and they bring their friends, they bring their family, bring their dogs. Everybody's welcome. And it's just a 5K walk or running. After that, we have a big barbecue party afterwards and we raise over a thousand dollars. And you
1: raise totally over a million dollars. You know, everybody, too, the reason it's so important to raise money is there's this revolution happening in stem cells. And the more and more you read and understand what the future can be in stem cells, you do know, like, this isn't just something people are saying that there could be a cure for paralysis. There really can be. Mm-hmm. And we're getting closer and closer, but there needs to be more money. So, uh, probably the pathway to that is the stem cell path. Mm-hmm. At least some people believe that. Do it's you believe that too?
0: Stem cell epidose stimulation with the Reed Foundation is working on yep what, Whatever. I mean, I whatever it is. Right. I, I'm whatever. I'm trying to, trying to support that. And it's because... You know, you, you see these stories and you see these situations, but if we can look at this one day, like a common cold and get, or a torn ACL, and in rehab, you get people back yes. to living their life. That's what it's about. I think about that and I envision that. Like one day, oh, boom, you go in there and the doctor doesn't have to come in and tell the family, mm-hmm. your son is paralyzed, he'll never walk in, never do this. All right, your son got paralyzed, but hey, we can do this treatment mm-hmm. and through, you know, a heavy, heavy rehab and extensive, you get back to the life that he once was living. That's how I envision it, and that's how I want other people to envision it. You just kind of raise awareness. And, and unfortunately, it just happens, but it takes the funds to have those True. clinical trials and things, and it's just the way it is. Yeah. So that's what I'm, try- I'm trying to do my part I, I, and, and, and raise that money to help other people.
1: I love you, and I love that you're doing that, and I love your vision. I, I, now that conversation you just mentioned, where the doctor comes in and says, "Hey, your son's not going to walk again," mm. I'm curious. I want to ask you because I know you're real about this stuff. Over the last eight nine years, it's been going. We're in the ninth year now post your injury. Um, there's been dark times for real too, right? So, what are some of those times? What are the difficult times like for you now? If you're being transparent, you know what does that look like for you now? Because everybody has down days, down moments. What's it look like for you?
0: Well, i sometimes sitting up in my room and say, I want to go out to lunch. I got to call, hey, can you bring me here? And you go to, say I want to go out on a date with a girl. Mm-hmm. Got to call say, hey, you think you can get off so we can, you bring your girlfriend, we can meet up with this one, I want to talk to her. Those are hard times because I can't just get in my car and go and do for myself. Mm-hmm. Having to rely on people all the time, it's, it's, believe me, I'm very blessed. I'm very fortunate I do have those people. But it's rough because sometimes you just want to do what you want to do when you want to do it. Mm. And I just can't do that. And It gets frustrating at times and you sit there and you're like, wow, why can't I do this? Or why can't I do that? But I try not to stay in those moments. How do you get out of them? I think, honestly, I think of the people that don't have them. Mm. I think about the people I've met along the way that Mm. I know that go to rehab and then just go home and they sit in their room and
1: Mm. that's it. Mm. (laughs) So you feed yourself gratitude. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Feed it all the time. Mm -hmm. All the time I'm sitting there like, wow, eat, don't get down with this. Focus on something else. Mm -hmm. Start doing this. Start bedding yourself here start looking at this. Mm -hmm. Or even if you want to watch something on TV, take your mind away from Mm -hmm. those moments, you know. Mm -hmm. Read the books. You know, stuff like that. Just take your mind away from it and realize how actually fortunate you are. Yeah, those, yeah, that funk actually pretty fast. That's huge because
1: what happens is when we get these moments, we just start repeating the thought over and over and over again. So anything you can do to remove the thought, exactly. if it is a book, if it's, you know, get outside somehow, if it's, even if it is, diversion of music or TV, something to get you out of that repetitive thought You and you're all listening as you do it. You get a worry, you get a problem, you just repeat it over and over and over and over again.
0: Human. That's what happens. That's what humans do. They, they, it bothers you and hurts you. And if, if it's something that bothers you that much, then you try to take that effort to change it you know you can't live it though you got to change it Mm. and then another thing that actually got me this past year I haven't told many people about it but I I wasn't healthy not knowing I was uh, coughing a lot Mm -hmm. now I realize why I'm what's causing this cough I'm thinking is it my heater I'm sitting by the water I'm drinking is it Mm -hmm. still is it the styles I didn't know what it was but I was coughing coughing and coughing come to find out just last week I went to the hospital finally to get some tests Come to find out, I have severe sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, and this is what was causing, I was not getting enough oxygen to my lungs at night, mm-hmm. which was, all, my oxygen my lungs are already impaired from the injury, so they're not mm-hmm. fully expanded, so they were getting even smaller and smaller, and mm-hmm. it was trapping the fluid that you get, and you know, when you cough,
1: yeah.
0: it, gets, it was getting stuck in there and causing pneumonia. I had pneumonia twice last year. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, it was just all because of sleep apnea. Hmm. I didn't know what was causing this, but I finally did a sleep test, and the doctor was like, "You stopped breathing for a half hour total last night, and you only slept for four hours." And so I was like, "What? Wow!" So now I got this mask, and I I I'm a new man. Are you really? I'm getting this oxygen down to my lungs. I'm waking. Up. I'm out fa- I was falling asleep during the day three, four times a day. No, I not I not not, not not realizing because I was waking up so many times that night. Wow. That I was tired the next day. Now. I feel like I go all day. I feel like a new man with this Yeah, a kind of mask kinda of sucks at first but wearing it. Right. I'm starting to get used to it for a week and I've ever had it in.
1: You spoke earlier about technology too, so these masks have helped you. Also these students at Rutgers, which we're gonna show some of this B roll too, but see everybody needs to get this. Like the reason that there's collaboration in the world, I don't care what you're doing, is when you get people who want to support each other, that love each other in the world, miraculous things happen when humans come together. That's what I want people to understand. Listen to this again, miraculous things happen when human beings come together to do good for each other. Isn't it true? That is so so true, man. So tell them a little bit about what these these Rucker students did with you. This is awesome. Right.
0: The way I use my phone, I have a bracket that hooks to the arm of my chair mm-hmm. and I Velcro my phone to it and I put a stylus pen in my mouth and I can do everything. That's how I text, that's how I go on my email, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I Snapchat, whatever. I do it all, all with it by my face. But I used to always have to hold the stylus pen in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Just sit there when I'm out, used to watch the TV, holding it and hold it. After a while, I get annoyed, I just drop it and then if I want to use it again. I got to call somebody to get it. These Rutgers students came up with this little 3d model where i can connect it to my bracket and i put a little there's a little hole in it and now i just drop my little stylus pen in there i can keep my mouth from getting dry all the time and being thirsty isn't that life's little things life changer
1: yes life changer they also life did a drone too well, by the way we're feeding this in if you're watching youtube you're seeing this right now but also didn't they build a drone that you use as well
0: now there's a drone and you can use your go on your phone and use it as an app and you can fly your own drone and i actually just started my own youtube channel so i can't wait to Start doing videos, flying my own drone around in a, a neighborhood and doing some cool stuff with that, using it for my events, like my walk, I have a flag football tournament, using it for that, getting some great shots from there. So incredible things, like you said, when people come together to do good.
1: And that's eventually going to lead to a cure. The same principles when brilliant people get together, good people in a good cause, you can't believe things. So, just so you know, like I just found this out today. He and I text often, and I never thought about how quickly you're getting back to me. But now I know these people have created this device where you're doing this with your mouth. I'm like, I'm mean, like, I would like it's another thing in life that just removed this burden from you and other people. And I want everyone to understand this. Like, if people can get together and do this for him, what could you be doing collaborating where you live? Ask for help, get together with people. Common cause, common good. You'll be amazed at the power of, we call them master minds for a reason. When you get more than one mind together working towards something, it becomes a master mind. It becomes a third mind. And you're you're a testimony of that. So there's so many things I want to cover with you. Mm-hmm. And everyone's, you know, obviously we've been taking notes and they're inspired right now. I
0: kind of want to tell a funny story too. Yeah. Of it. Uh, it just made, made me think about it, you know, when people come together, so when people first come up to me, even I've already got a mic. Yeah. Comes up to me, you go to shake somebody's hand. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I'm how it happens to me all the time. Of course I cannot move my hand right now right. and shake it. People come up and they put their hand out and they leave it there and I'm like, no, go ahead and shake it. And sometimes they don't understand what I mean. I'm like, huh? I'm like, go ahead and shake it. You can grab, go ahead and you can shake my hand and they're like, what? No. I'm like, I can't shake your hand. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. But I'm like, no, it's fine. Then you get people, after I had a few, yep. they come up to you and they'd be like, shake your hand. I'm like, I had to shake it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I can't shake it. They're like, why won't you shake my hand, bro? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh. I literally can't shake your hand. <laughs> no, no, you won't shake my hand. Hello. That stuff like right. that. It's so funny. So I love, I love but that, those moments. <laughs> my, my friends live for because then at the end of the day, they just grab their hand off. Like, and they put it on their hand, and then they understand. It. Oh my God! I'm like, don't feel bad. It's all good.
1: This is another key with you, though, and your mom. Humor's helped you through oh all this, too.
0: God. You gotta, you gotta laugh at this stuff. But you know that that happens they put to you, they're around you, and mm. they get you through life, and just laughing is good. Laughing, and I laugh a ton. I scare my nurses all the time. I jump at them, I make noises, and it cracks me up. You know, so
1: you just have this spirit. Everyone's watching this; they can see it on your face. Like the Lord doesn't give us things in our life that He doesn't think we're capable of handling. And it's the people that I've met that have had you know difficult issues, whether that be Israel or Nick who's been on my show, um, or Cody who had his legs amputated when he was a young man. Um, in your situation here with the paralysis, it's, it's amazing to me when I've met these people, it's almost obvious when you meet them that they were already capable of handling this, they just didn't know it. And that's another lesson for people listening to this, you're capable of handling things, you're so much more resilient and tough and strong and determined and resourceful than you think you are when adversity strikes. Trust me, you're stronger than you think. And uh, people like Eric prove that every single day. Let me ask you a couple things as we finish, um, because I'd, I'd, I'd make a huge mistake if I didn't give people the gift of this. And I, ask, I guess this often, but you're special in this regard. Someone's watching this, they're going through a really difficult time. They're going through the worst time of their life. At any given time, if there's, you know, 10 million people listening to this, there's a million people listening to this right now. like, look, I'm going through a real bad one. Right, really bad one. What would you say to them? What would your advice be to them?
0: My biggest thing I always try to tell people about going through a rough time man, or dealing with some adversity first off, don't run away from the adversity, handle it face on. You run away from it, it's going to haunt you, and you're going to deal with it a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Look for the solution, handle that adversity. Whether if it's you're diagnosed with cancer, do the treatments that you need to get on it aggressively, do your research. Don't you're going to have that soak moment? Okay, you can soak for a little bit, mm-hmm. but Jane got to handle those moments. And I try to tell people. I know you may have it bad right now, you may be going through this, but there's always somebody out there that has it worse than you. Mm-hmm. And if you can remember that, mm-hmm. you really gotta, all right, I gotta pick. My, I gotta pick it up. Mm-hmm. I gotta pick up, right, I may have it this bad, I may be just lost my job, I may just lost my family, I may just got paralyzed, I may got this. Somebody always got it worse than me, somebody's homeless. Mm-hmm. Someone's bedridden. Mm-hmm. Someone can't do that. If, and if you start looking at life like that, then you start doing the things that you can do and you become a lot more appreciative of what you do have Mm. and you don't focus on what you don't have. Mm. Boy.
1: I'm not adding anything to that. It's too good. Um, I'm really grateful for you. I really am. Like, you know you inspire me and this is the beginning of something bigger between you and I. I'm also, by the way, um let scratch that this is something bigger i'm not going to go where i was this is going to be the beginning of something big between you and i let me uh, ask you last um you know when you're going through a difficult time like this and you were laying there on the field that day asking to be taken at what point and how important has been a vision of your future been for you in other words like right now this vision you've got have you always through this, you know, the darkness and the difficulty and the problems that's always in our faces, right? Mm-hmm. How important has like a vision of a better future for you been for you?
0: As you go through those dark times, you sit there and you close your eyes, and you vision of walking again. Mm-hmm. You vision of going here and sharing your story. You vision of helping this person or another person. Then once you start visioning it, you try to live it. You do the things that you need to do to live it. I was able to start a foundation. I was able to start a motivational speaking career. Mm. I was able to do sports broadcasting. And the last thing I was really, you know, happy about, I started a show with Fox Sports. It's a digital platform called Mission Possible, where I was approached by a group where they they said that they want to have me as a host of a show, where I go into people's lives that are dealing with some type of adversity. And we bring them around, people that give them a cool moment, but also shed light on their story. Mm. And Fox Sports gave us the opportunity to do six shows. And we were able to go into other people's lives. And you always see somebody, you know, like on ESPN or something, sharing their stories, the host. You'll never see somebody actually going through it. Mm. And when we were able, I was learning so much from those six people that I was able to do. Working with them, we did a Boston Marathon survivor and WMPT where she finished the first, WMPT finished the Boston Marathon. We bought them around the New England Patriots and the, you know, they the jelly practice. They got to meet Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, everybody. <laughs> Yeah, this guy, Jeremy Thomas. He was born with Spina bifida. He uh, was—he's a, a rapper and a Miami Heat wheelchair basketball player. We were able to go down to Miami, take him out on a boat around Miami. At the end of the day, we went on to the Ballers premiere. He met The Rock oh, wow. and everybody. Ace Hood. It was really cool stuff like that. Using mm-hmm. my connections, my platform, I was able to do it. I want to be able to do season two. And I'm not gonna lie. Right now, we're just looking for a sponsor. Mm-hmm. Get that sponsor to do season two. I change a lot of people's lives. There needs
1: to be a sponsor for season two.
0: <laughs> I can't wait to show you that.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. I want to see that. Please show me that.
0: Yeah, it's actually on foxsports.com/slash/missionpossible. Yeah, okay.
1: you're going to show me one on one. I'm going to show you. It's, it's a I want to tell you something about you. And by the way, first, thank you. There's millions of people that are grateful for you today. Um, but I want to tell you something about you. You inspire me. Legitimately, you inspire me. Like I'm so grateful we did this. And the man you are, I want to be more like and you're making a huge difference in the world. And from laying there on that field that day to today, in that nine year window, the difference you've made in the world, the millions of people you've inspired is impressive. But I'm telling you, the next 10 years is gonna be a completely different level for you. And I really feel like all these visions you have are going to become a reality. And I'd l- I want to be here to help you with them. And I know the Max Out universe is behind you, too. They're going to be following you on Instagram. They're going to be subscribing to your website. Hopefully, many of you, if you can, will get involved with this foundation and just follow his progress. Because I have a feeling someday you're going to hear and see all of the things he's talking about during his lifetime come to fruition.
0: I seen, I really do appreciate that because... That's what it's about, like, I follow when you say max out. Yeah. It's all about maxing out, going, reaching your full potential, going beyond that, somewhere that you couldn't think that you got, but just having that confidence to do it. Mm-hmm. That's where it all starts. You get the confidence to do it. Who, who what can hold you back from what? That's possible. Just a simple message to yeah, you. I, I was sitting there that night, and I'm going through. I'm like, all right, how do I want to, you know, reach out to you? I say, you know what? I'll just DM him and see, yes. see answers. Now look.
1: Boom. For, here we well, are.
0: Later, we're here doing this. And,
1: I'm Just so glad you did. I'm so take glad that, you did.
0: Just Take that step. Man, uh-huh. I truly really believe there's some amazing stuff going.
1: I think it's interesting that you use the analogy of take that step mm-hmm. because you literally have done that. And it's, it's, people would think that you don't anymore. But the fact of the matter is you've taken huge steps in your life since that moment. And so this is a man who in his life right now can't yet walk again. Yet he takes these huge steps towards these massive goals and dreams. And uh, I'm so proud of you. And I'm grateful that everybody's been introduced to you today. So thank you so much for today. I feel like it flew by, but I'm grateful for it. Thank you, Eric.
0: Thank you so much. And look out, I'm trying to work, I'm working on my second book right now because I want to talk about the mental toughness of life. And I think if people could really get that mental toughness, it's going to be a great great life for themselves.
1: Well, they're going to get it from you. And so please follow Eric on Instagram, everybody. And lastly, I know you're following me. If you watch this, if you're not, follow me on Instagram. Turn your notifications on. Just remember this every day. I bring you the most inspiring people in the world who are maxing out. This man right here has maxed out that moment of October 16th, 2010, to this moment. You've heard how he's maxed out his life. And I know that you're so you know engaged in the program and you enjoy it. Please make sure if you're listening to the YouTube that you go on the audio platforms like iTunes and subscribe. If you're listening to this on audio, go to the YouTube channel and subscribe as well. And every day on Instagram, I run the max out two minute drill, which basically means this. It's really simple. I want to engage with you further. I want to introduce you to people. Would you do a coaching call with one of my guests?
0: Oh man, that'd be awesome.
1: Okay. Awesome. awesome. So you get a chance to get coached by Eric, my other guests, myself. Here's how it works every day on Instagram, max out two minute drill. When I make a post to my main feed and I post between 730 Pacific time AM and 8 AM, which is also 1030 to 11 Eastern time, right in that window, I post the same time every day. When I make a post within the first two minutes, we'll give you leeway up to five minutes make a comment we pick a winner every single day if you miss the first two minutes just make a comment on every post because i also pick winners who comment anytime on any post any day as long as it's every day and lastly i'm picking winners who comment on people's comments and you can win max out gear coaching calls with guests coaching calls with me my book tickets to see me speak all kinds of cool stuff so engage with me turn your notifications on on instagram and again share today's program i know you know people who need to hear this man's story he's going to inspire the world and you can help us do that So, please share the program. God bless you and max out. This is the Ed Milet Show.